Good morning, Firewood Bible Fellowship, to you who are joining us in person. Hi. Uh, and to those who are at home, welcome to our guests. We're so glad that you're here today. My name is Chris Carroll, and I am the lead pastor here at Firewheel Bible Fellowship. And uh, I just want to say it's just wonderful that we're here together. And we've come together uh, for a God-inspired, God-filled, and God-ordained purpose. We have come together to worship our Father in Heaven through our Lord Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit. And so to that end, let's stand together and we're going to pray together because we are together. And Christians have been gathering together uh, from the very moment the church was born. And we gather on Sundays in remembrance of Christ's resurrection from the dead. And this morning we're, we're going to pray and we're going to sing and we're going to have communion. So if you've not received your communion cups, they are at the front door, but we also have ushers who will bring them around when we're going to have communion. Uh, and then we're going to study scripture together, but it's all worship. And so, Father, we approach you together today, uh, not in our own righteousness, not through our own good works, but we approach you through the shed blood of your Son, Lord Jesus. We in gratitude and in worship gather together in your name as brothers and sisters as your body to bring you glory and honor to worship you father through our lord jesus christ and through you holy spirit and so we we ask today that you would be honored and glorified that it would be a pleasing aroma to you our worship that it would be a worshipful thing that we welcome it and love one another and sing together and pray together and have communion together and give together and serve together and study together and grow together. We ask that you would abundantly bless our community and we pray for the, the rich privilege of being able to share your love, Jesus, with our neighbors. We ask for the houses that surround this property, the 1,250 homes within uh, the corridor of Castle to Merritt to Hickox, all of those families, all of the people that are represented by those homes, and the homes that surround those homes, we ask your abundant blessings and please allow us the privilege of sharing your love with them because you shared your love with us. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to be your ambassadors and your worshipers. Pray that you are honored above all. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Good morning, Firewell. Let's light our souls on fire this morning. Till I am a soul on fire 
is like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. Well, we're going to talk about forgiveness right now. Y'all have a seat. Um, if you have not received your communion elements, please just raise your hand and one of our ushers will make sure uh, to get those elements to you. We have our communion cups uh, and they are together. Can I just, out of curiosity, so I, this is all about comfort level and wanting to see how many of y'all would be okay if we went back to our traditional elements of the broken bread and the cups, but we'll make sure they are served in a, in a manner that is safe and all that? We all okay with that? Okay. It, not that I don't like the packing peanut that's in here. Um, look, I hear what y'all are saying, okay? Like every now and then I hear about our communion cups, but the purpose is not necessarily uh, the flavor <laughs> But it's the, the symbology behind it, the symbolic nature of it. Amen? So this morning, we're going to take communion together. And this is the cup of forgiveness, right? This is symbolic of Jesus' shed blood and his broken body on the cross. Our forgiveness is not secured by our good works. It's just not. You know, sometimes we think, oh, if I just do things better, maybe I'll be more approved of. Maybe God will be more pleased with me. Maybe he'll forgive me more. And here's the reality. There is nothing you can do in and of yourself to earn forgiveness. It is a complete gift. And some of us struggle with gifts because we're like, well, how much do I have to pay for it? It's a gift. If you go reaching for your wallet when somebody gives you a gift, that's socially awkward. And, and really, it's an affront to grace. When God says you were forgiven, and that it's by faith, and it's a gift of grace, we no longer have to go reaching for our works wallets. We are free to be forgiven. And I want to tell you, that kind of mercy and that kind of grace, that motivates me to serve him and to love him. And so this morning, this is the cup of sweet forgiveness. And we've walked a week in this world. It's been a rough week for some of us. It's been a week. Y'all had a week? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? This week was a week. And it's the start of a new one. But before we get too far into this week, 
we're going to stop. And we're going to reorient our minds to forgiveness and grace. And we're going to be recipients of it. And you know what we're going to be more inclined to do is be givers of it. Yeah. So I read from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul, the apostle, writes this, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. So where do we get this from? Who gives us the concept, the symbolism? Yes, the Lord. The Lord has given us this. This is one of the sacraments. This is one of the, this is one of the things that we do. These are the, this is the ancient roots of our, our faith that's producing contemporary fruit. That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so they ate it. They were in his presence, and he says, so now that I'm going away, do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. We are a covenant people under the shed blood of Christ. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death. You proclaim your forgiveness by faith through his death on the cross. This is a proclamation meal. So it's a meal of remembrance and repentance, but it's also a meal of gratitude. This should fill our hearts with a sense of awe and grace and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you that I don't have to earn salvation. Thank you that I don't have to earn righteousness. And we receive it by grace through faith. So in that vein, let's pray together. Lord Jesus. Just as you told us to remember your death on the cross, just like you told us to remember your sacrifice by eating bread and drinking wine and juice, Lord, we are here remembering. And we're reminded today that our righteousness is not secured by our good works. We are not made right before you through our good works. We are made right before you, our Father in heaven, through the shed blood of your Son. And by faith, through your grace, we are made right before you. And so this morning, we desire to have this meal of proclamation, but before we get to it, we ask for fresh forgiveness and cleansing for our sins. Lord, we are told in your scripture that when we, when we confess our sins, you're faithful to forgive. If we pretend like we don't have sins, Oh, your grace is not at work in our heart. So no pretending this morning. We approach you transparent like a single plane of unstained glass. You see through us. We ask for forgiveness and cleansing. We know by your grace we receive it. And so, family, let, let's open our cups. We're going to open the top. It's easier said than done. Okay, so you take out the packing peanut wafer. That's symbolic, right? The broken body. Let's raise the, let's raise the bread. You see how we're doing this together, family? Look around. Communion is something we do in community. And remembrance, Lord Jesus, we eat. All right, let's quickly raise the cup. <laughs> Look around. 
the cup symbolic of his shed blood. And remembrance, Lord Jesus, we drink. And as often as you do it, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We have just proclaimed. Now let's stand together, fresh forgiveness, and let's celebrate. Amen? So before we begin this song, I'd heard this song a while ago, and, and just we never got around to doing it. And then our women's Bible study class a couple of weeks ago played this song, and um, everybody in the class was singing. So I see some of you out there, so I do expect to hear you singing very, very loudly.
There is healing in the power of the Lord Most High. There is courage in the shadow of His wings. There is peace unending over all my life. There is freedom that washes over me. I find all I need here in your presence, Lord. I open up my soul and you fill me up with all I need here in your presence, Lord, where blessings overflow. for our neighboring communities, and we could use your help. Donate popsicles or prizes for our superhero costume contests. 
sign up to pop popcorn, or simply show up ready to meet some new people and build community at 8 p.m. every Friday night in June. Firewheel Women, join us for a new study Wednesday nights beginning June 2nd. Esther, the hidden hand of God. Books are available for $12 in the lobby or on Wednesday nights. For more information, contact women at firewheelfellowship.com. July 3rd, come have a blast with us from 2 to 6 p.m. as we celebrate with the community with a You Are Loved family event. There will be bounce houses, hot dogs, lawn games, live music, raffles, and even a dunk tank. And we could use your help. Sign up to volunteer or donate hot dogs, chips, or water. Let's make this a great event to show the community that they are loved. For more information on these or any other events going on around here, go online to firewheelfellowship.com events, or you can always check us out on social media. All right, well, hey, I do want to encourage you, get plugged in uh, for our Friday night movie nights. We do have families and folks coming in from the community, which is really awesome. 1,250 homes received a card in the mail saying you were loved and you're invited. Uh, to some movie nights and then the July 3rd event, which is actually turning into a much bigger event than we had originally planned. It turns out there's some community organizations that are going to be a part of that. Uh, police department, fire department, keep Rowlett beautiful, maybe some pet adoptions. <laughs> it's crazy. You just open up the property. We say, hey, let's, let's love the community. And all of a sudden, the community is like, check this out. We want to be a part of that. And we're like, okay, we're going to sign love. And they're like, cool. Um, so that's really awesome. Well, this morning, uh, to introduce the message as we, we look at the last blank of our series, or the one another series, is, is harmony. And, and I couldn't think of a better way to open the, the, the message than with our worship team. Don't they do a wonderful job? Yeah every week it's amazing and uh, they each have like such gifts and abilities and talents and you know I just I wanted to be a blessing to them too because I know there's times where they're like oh, I just want to play this particular song and so this morning I've asked each one of them to, to play their favorite song and um, we're gonna join in you don't have to stay you don't have to stand but we can stay seated um, but they're gonna share with us but join in like robust worship amen all right y'all go right ahead this is gonna be awesome Why? Why was that utter chaos? Because each person was playing their own song. Each person was singing their own song. There was no harmony. There was no unity. They weren't gathered together for a single purpose. They were individually doing their own thing. And it kept us from being involved in a God-inspired, God-filled, like, God-honoring purpose. Like, we weren't even able to join in other than be like, oh, that's a train wreck. <laughs> well, now let's see what happens when they gather around a common purpose, a common theme, 
common song. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Hast thou hast been, thou forever will be.
Wow. Wow. So question, what made that possible? Oh, thank you. What made all that possible? Togetherness. Togetherness. That's exactly right. Thank you so much, Josh. All right, let's open our Bibles. Everybody say word. Uh, we're going to be in Romans 14, then Romans 15. You know, what made that possible is that each member of our worship team gave something up. They were willing to uh, give something up so as to harmonize. They gave up their own sheet of music, their own song, their own way of doing things so that they could come together for a God-inspired, God-filled, God-honoring purpose. And we were able to participate in it. And it was edifying, and it was encouraging, and there was joy. And we were able to lift our voices, one voice to heaven. Family, when we walk in harmony with one another as brothers and sisters, we come together for a God-inspired, God-filled, and God-honoring purpose. And like I said at the beginning, we're, we're finishing up our One Another series. And we've, we've looked at the One Anothers of the New Testament. I want to encourage you, if you've never done a One Another study, that you can go online. You can go to BibleGateway.com or you can go to YouVersion app and you can do a keyword search. And you just put in One Another and have that be the exact phrase and search. And it will bring up the One Another passages of the New Testament. We've looked at what, what One Another can be. Sometimes it's not so pretty. Like if we bite and devour and divide from one another, that's not real pretty. But we've looked at what it looks like for us to love one another. Like when we fill in the blank with love, that Jesus literally commanded us to love one another. That if we love one another, all people will know we're his disciples. We see that in John 13 and 15. And we're to love one another. We're to serve one another. Gosh, there's nothing greater than being a servant. Because Christ is a servant. John chapter 13, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the very end. And having, having finished supper, he rose from supper, he took off his outer garment, and he put on a towel, and he washed the disciples' feet. And he in turn, at the end, turned to the disciples, he says, go and do likewise. We're to serve one another. We're to encourage one another. We saw that last week in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22 to 25. We, we looked at it that we were, we were to draw near to God. Let us draw near together. Let us cling to Christ together. Let us encourage and stir one another up. And let's not stop meeting together. Let's be together. Well, this morning we're, we're going to finish the series with harmonize with one another. Unity. When we come together in harmony and unity and peace. I want to take us all the way back to the beginning of this series. We looked at Firewheels, Mad Libs. This is what we can be. We can do this. And over the course of this series, we've seen some things. We've taken vision walks. We've prayed over things. We're starting to see God move. We're starting to see things happen. I mean, there are literally people who drive by just this morning. Kevin's standing out front, and he's holding up a sign that says, You are loved. People driving by, they pull up. They're like, We don't go to church here, but we want to support this message. And they hand him money. Isn't that crazy? People are like, I just, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know about, like, wh what's going on in there, but that message, thank you. You blessed me today. You know, we're seeing things happen. And we can have this. So here's the, here's the Mad Libs. There is a blank in Rowlett. Y'all remember Mad Libs? 
Yeah, that fun game you played when we were kids, adjectives, nouns, all that. Anyway, there is a blink in Rowlett, Texas named Blink. This blink has incredible potential to blink. The blink with the love of blink. Through blink, intentional blink, and loving blink. Anybody want to give that a shot? No, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fill it in. Uh, there is a church in Rowlett, Texas named Firewheel Bible Fellowship. Hey, that's us. This church has incredible potential. We can do this. To reach the least likelies with the love of Jesus. Through sound biblical teaching, intentional discipleship, and loving community. We can do this. We can have this. We can come together and take ownership of this ministry and do this together. We can watch families get reached with the gospel, the trajectory of people's eternal life being changed. We can see the chains of addiction broken. We can experience a fullness of worship and joy where we're not just being disciples and we're just sitting there and we're just soaking in. We're actually undertaking the go of the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. We're like, yeah, we're going to take that seriously. We are mission critical to the kingdom of God. We're going to undertake his mission. We can do this. But for us to be able to do this, family, we're going to have to walk in harmony and in unity, gathering around a single purpose and really a single person who is Jesus. Family, when we come together in unity and harmony, it is the music of heaven. Literally, it is the tangible expression and presence of the kingdom of God on earth. When the church and Christians do not gather together in unity and harmony, it is chaos and noise. When Christians fight each other, whether in the community or on Facebook, or wherever, when Christians clash with each other, it's chaos and noise. The culture can't hear the gospel over the sounds of the conflicts. And when we walk around and battle culture, they can't hear the love of Christ over the noise of our conflict. So we're going to look at Romans 14. A couple of verses in Romans 14 and a couple of verses in Romans 15. Now, in the context, Paul is talking to the church at Rome, and he's encouraging them to not allow lesser issues to get in the way. Now, in the church at Rome, some of the issues that were being discussed, and in the church, there was some conflict. There were some disagreements. There's never any disagreements between people, right? Right? We don't have a whole bunch of reasons to disagree with one another. We don't have preferences and all that. I mean, we all join together in total harmony and unity, right? How's it going at home, husbands and wives? <laughs> Parents? Nothing but harmony and unity there, right? <laughs> How about at work? La, 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 la. <laughs> That's how you all go to work, right? Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. You're going to do that tomorrow morning, right? You're going to wake up and you're be like, all right. <laughs> oh, it's a holiday. Heck yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, that's right. Well, in the church at Rome, there were some differences of opinion. Some believed that you could eat anything. They were like, yeah, I'm a carnivore. And some people were like, no, we can only eat vegetables. And other people were like, oh, we can, we ha we can, we're free. We don't have to observe certain holidays like religious festivals and, and feasts of the Jewish customs. And others were like, no, we got to hold to those. And there were some who were like, uh, uh, pour the wine, let's enjoy. And others were like, oh, we can't have alcohol. 
And, and I'm like, I looked at that, and I was thinking, wow, that's kind of similar to some of the stuff that we deal with in the church today. It's like style of music and, 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 and the way that we, we dress and the way that we gather and when we gather and how we gather. And, and there, there's all kinds of reasons whether we wear a mask or not wear a mask. Boy, that hasn't caused any conflict, is it? has it? I'm going to make a statement. Man, I want this thing to hit home. Don't allow lesser issues to become the primary mechanism for disagreement and division in the church. Don't allow. Fight this. Say, no, we're not going to do this. We're not going to allow lesser issues to become the primary mechanism for disagreement and division in the church. Man, this was so hard. And I saw people vehemently fighting over masks and no masks. We have people leave the church. They're like, you make me wear a mask, I'm leaving. You don't wear a mask, I'm leaving. And I'm like, whoa. Something has gone terribly wrong. Something is broken down in our spiritual lives where we've misunderstood Christ in the gospel. That is why Paul in Romans 14, 17 through 19, he says this, for the kingdom of God, it's not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of, of, uh, of, of dancing or no dancing or style of music or this or that or uh, uh, Starbucks coffee versus Folgers. It's, it's, it's not a matter of that stuff. It's not a matter of mask and no mask. No, no, no. It's a matter of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit spirit-filled people coming together in the joy of the Lord. And you know what? There's peace there. Because not only do we have peace with God through Jesus, we are to have peace with one another. And it's about righteousness. It's about holiness. And you know what? Sometimes our, 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 our life, our spiritual life is being refined. We may feel very strongly about something. We're like, man, this is the way it should be. And sometimes we got to die to ourselves. But I don't want to die to myself. Well, you know what? As Christ followers, we've called to lay down our life and die for the sake of the community and for the sake of joy and harmony and peace. Paul says this, let us pursue, let us chase this, what makes for peace and for mutual upbringing. If it brings peace, let's chase it. If it builds each other up, let's chase it. If we, it tears people down, let's turn from it. It's like those statements where it's like uh, uh, the crud sandwich, you know, it's like compliment, crap in the middle, and then compliment. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, I want to tell you I love you, but. And sometimes we're like, I, you know what? I don't care what people think. I'm just going to speak my mind. I'm just going to, th this is who I am. And, and no, I mean, that may be where you're at at that very moment. But that's a spiritual sickness. Because if it's going to tear down and not build up, it's anti-gospel. Let us pursue the things that make for peace and for mutual upbuilding to build each other up in a spiritual way that to stir and to spur one another on to love and good works, as we looked at last week. There should be in the church a deeply held conviction and commitment to set aside lesser issues for the sake of building up the kingdom of God on earth. There are literally thousands of things to divide over and disagree over in this world and in our lives. 
But there's one primary bond that should bond us together so all lesser issues are set aside. One primary, one thing that supersedes them all, and it's Jesus and the gospel. That is what is to bond us together as believers, is Jesus and the gospel. So we look at, it's more, yeah, you can clap at that. I'm going to join in with you. (laughs) Family, our common salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, it's more important than our views on food and drink. It's more important on our views of style and dress and type of music. It's more important than our political leanings. It's more important than mask or no mask. And, and when, we, when we set aside lesser things, check this out. We walk in the bond of love and Christ. We get to experience a fullness of something that others look in and go, I don't see that anywhere else in the world. What is going on there? You all are so loving. You're like servant-oriented. Like, what's going on in that place? Look in your Bibles to Romans 15. Check this out. Verses 5 through 6. May the God of endurance and encouragement, this this stick-to-itiveness, we're going to stay at it. Like he gives us endurance for the race and encouragement. Grant you to live, check this out, in such harmony with one another and accord with Christ Jesus that together, check this out, with one voice, You may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. May the Lord grant us the ability to walk in the fullness of Christ and of the Holy Spirit to join in harmony. Because check this out. Where God is, there's unity and harmony. Because in the expression of our triune God, there is uniqueness but harmony and unity. That we worship God the Father through Christ the Son and in through the Holy Spirit. There is uniqueness to the persons of the triune God, our God. Where the Father is not the Son and the Son is not the Father and the Father and Son is not the Holy Spirit. Uniqueness and harmony and unity, but in essence, God, oneness. And that same type of expression where unique people, unique individuals come together, yet in essence, one body, the church. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, really a chapter about how the body builds itself up in love. Paul from a prison cell. He's like, man, don't, don't miss this. He's literally in chains, and he says, I therefore a prisoner for the Lord. I urge you, I beg you, I push you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called. We have been called the upward call of Christ Jesus. We've been called to follow. We have purpose for our life, and it is perfectly expressed in community. He goes on to say, with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another and love what would it look like in this place if we walked in humility gentleness patience and long suffering with one another what would it be like here would you want would you feel drawn to that what would it be like if we did that i struggle with this man i struggle with long suffering Bearing with one another in love. Man, I want, I want people to change. 
I, I, I want things to be my way. But long-suffering, it means to die, and it means to allow others to be themselves, and it allows us to come together in humility, not considering our needs above others, but considering their needs above our own. Have this mind in you, Philippians 2, that is the mind of Christ, who, though being in the form of God, did not account quality with God a thing to be grasped, but he made himself nothing. He took the form of a servant. Oh, if we would walk in humility. And then check this out that we would love one another, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Like, anticipating, let's do this. And then listen to the oneness. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all and through all and in all. What is the one word that keeps being repeated? One. We saw that also in Romans 15. One, that with one voice, that there is to be a oneness expressed while still holding on to our individual uniqueness, but a oneness that Romans 15 verse 6 says that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We got to set something aside to experience this. It's a oneness. And so the question as we talk about this harmony and humility and unity and love, we have to ask the question then, who is welcomed into this? Who do we welcome? Who do we invite? Who's allowed to come in and be a part of what we call church and what we call the body so that they too can experience so they too can come to know Jesus. Who is welcome? Uh, in seminary, Madeline and I were invited um, to a really nice country club, and we did not belong. <laughs> oh, man. I pulled up in our old dented Pontiac. I put the dents in there. You know I'm not a good driver. I'm just saying. Um, I don't know what it is. I hit stuff, trash cans. Not people. Don't hit people. Um, which will be ironic later if I end up hitting somebody. Please pray for me. I'm trying to grow in that area. We're invited to a, uh, a beautiful country club, and we pulled up, and it was this, this organization that had ended up providing for our last two years of seminary. We didn't know anything about them. They knew everything about us, but they invited us in. And uh, we show up, and there was a, a valet. I'd been a valet parker, but I'd never had anybody valet park my car. And so I'm like handing him my keys. I was like, make sure you don't get a scratch in this thing. Uh, and so he pulled off. And we walked in, and I was wearing a suit that I'd gotten for free. And so it was like 12 sizes too big in the waist, so I'd like lassoed it down. And then I had this jacket super tight in the shoulders, super short arms, but like way too big in the stomach. And I'm walking in with this big flowing suit, and uh, man, we were rocking it. And Madeline's on my arm, and, and we were walking in, and I felt so out of place. But you know what, what happened? They invited us all the way in. And they sat us at a prominent table. We were welcomed. And they served us a delicious cut of meat. And in seminary, we, we didn't eat steak. I was like, what is this? And they welcomed us in. Did you know there are times where people will walk into the church and they're going to feel horribly out of place? Like everyone's looking at them. I've often had people say, well, if I walk into that place, the roof's going to cave in on me. I'll get struck by lightning. What happens when people are invited in? 
Listen to the invitation of Jesus. Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me. What, is that an invitation? That seems like an invitation to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Do you notice it says all? What does that word all mean? Everybody, all. That's right. All. Come to me. And what is the prerequisite? Exhausted, labor, heavy laden. In need. You see, a person that's not those things, a person who's not seeing and recognizing the need of their soul, they're not going to come. The invitation's not for them, but it's for all. It's for all people who are like, yes, I'm in need. And often people will come dragging into the church after just being run over by life. And they come dragging in these doors. He says, take my yoke upon you, that is, surrender your life to Jesus and, 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 and learn from him. And so here's, what's, here's the life, right? Like we surrender our life to Jesus, his, his Holy Spirit. We, we are filled with the Holy Spirit of God, and we come into this relationship with God the Father through Christ and the Spirit, and, and we start to live, but we start to learn. Because the Christian life doesn't end when we meet Jesus. That's where it begins. And that's why we're about sound biblical teaching, because we're, we were commanded literally to teach the things that Christ commanded to the very end of the age till he comes. So we teach, and we learn, but we come, to def- we come to define that his teaching and his yoke is gentle and lowly, because that's who Jesus is, and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't it crazy when we come to the table of grace, and we find rest for our souls, and then we pile burdens on other people? He says, for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What an invitation. We're his representatives. We're his ambassadors. We're the ambassadors of the invitation. Who is invited to come to Jesus? All people. So who's welcomed in the church? Romans 15, verse 7, Therefore, welcome one another (laughs) as Christ has welcomed you. How did Christ welcome you? Open arms, yeah. For the glory of God. Check this out. It is worship for a church to be welcoming. It's worship. It is worship for a church to be welcoming. But sometimes we get this, we get messed up in this. We start to divide and we we start to argue over lesser things and And all of a sudden, the church doesn't become all that welcoming. I mean, we looked at it in Romans, right? It was food and drink, and it was holidays. At Corinth, it was like the favorite preacher. Some were like, I'm of Apollos, and others like, I'm of Cephas, and others like, I'm of Paul. And then there was like the really holy group. They were like, we're of Jesus. And Paul's like, oh my gosh, come on, y'all. But there's actually something more insidious than that. More toxic more divisive. What we don't realize is in the early church, there was a deeply held and divisive racial prejudice. And something was happening that wasn't supposed to happen. Because Jews and Gentiles were coming together in the church. 
And while we look at that, we're like, wow, how wonderful. Well, actually what happened is a lot of that prejudice came with them. And there was division. And there was insiders and outsiders. There was incredible racial hostility between Jews and Gentiles. In fact, I, I read here from William Barclay, the Jew had an immense contempt for the Gentile. The Gentiles said the Jews were created by God to be fuel for the fires of hell. That's pretty welcoming. I'll occasionally see stories of Christians holding up signs declaring that certain people are meant to be burned in hell. The Gentiles were not all that fond of the Jews. And, and I think about today, right, because there's incredible prejudice and incredible hostility between people today. And I would love to say, oh, that's outside of the church. The gospel should establish harmony where there was once hostility. Because family, prejudice, for any reason, is anti-gospel. Ephesians 2, verse 14, check this out. For he himself is our peace. See, Paul is writing and he's, he's discussing this, this racial division between Jews and Gentiles. And he's like, wait a second, y'all. In Christ, Jesus established his peace where there was once hostility. Something that normally didn't happen, a group of people that normally didn't gather together or normally didn't mix were now gathering in the church. And, be, and it was through Jesus. He was bringing peace. who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. That was the expression of the dividing wall of hostility between Jews and Gentile. There was no more divisive wall. And if through the gospel, the dividing wall of separation could be torn down between Jews and Gentiles, the, the miracle of it is that the dividing wall of hostility could be torn down between all people through the gospel. In the temple in Jerusalem, there was a plaque that hung. And here's a cast of that plaque. And now this particular plaque, or the cast of this plaque, is representative of the actual plaque that hung, and it separated. The court of the Gentiles was kind of this outer gathering area, and then kind of the inner courts of the Jews. And what it was, it was a plaque that said, you can only go this far. No outsiders allowed. And in fact, I'm going to read to you what this plaque says. Of course, I can just read it right there. <clears throat> But I'm going to read it here, because <laughs> I have it written down in English. Uh, no stranger is to enter within the barrier around the temple and the enclosure. No outsiders. Whoever is caught will be himself responsible for his ensuing death. Under the penalty of death, they, you do not cross this boundary. You see, prejudices, they die hard. They slow, painful death. And that sort of prejudice was prevalent in some of the early churches. 
I mean, think about this. Like, what an injustice for a plaque to literally be hung in the church or carried in the hearts of her people. That says no outsiders allowed. You may go this farther, but no further until you get cleaned up. Family, there will be no plaque hung in this church. And let there be no plaque carried around in the hearts of the people who gather here in this place. Because family, all people are welcome to come just as they are. To meet Jesus in grace and love, the same grace and love we received. I was welcomed into the church, homeless, addicted, drunk out, drugged out. I was a hot mess. And by the way, that mess didn't get all cleaned up day one. I'm still a mess. <laughs> and you know what? I continue to receive that same grace and love. Because in the gospel, Jesus suffered and died for all people. There is not a person that you will meet. There is not a human being on earth that you will encounter that Jesus did not die for and God doesn't love. That means Jesus suffered and died for and God loves Jew and Gentile, black and white, legal and illegal, gay and straight, rich and poor, conservative and liberal, incarcerated and free, clean cut or tatted up and pierced out, single or married. There is not a person on earth that God does not love and Jesus did not die for. That means there is not a single person on this earth who isn't welcomed inside this church. One caveat. We're always watching for wolves. Because there are wolves who try to come in and spy out the grace. And they try to devour sheep. And as elders and as leaders and as shepherds, it is our responsibility to protect the flock and the body and so that people can come here and be safe. But we believe even wolves can get converted. <laughs> we believe grace can break down the hardest hearts, man. There is not a heart. I, don't, I just don't believe that there is a human heart that's so hard that God's love can't break through. I know it's God's heart and desire that all persons are saved. I mean, it just says that in the Word. How amazing we're a part of this. We're representatives of this gospel. Doesn't that excite you? Don't you walk around and think to yourself, wow, I carry with me the gospel that can raise the dead. Woo! This is Monday. It's a day off, but I'm on mission. It's Tuesday. Where am I going, Lord? Who am I serving? This should excite us. God, it's so good. Romans 15, 5 through 7. I'm going to read this. We'll look at a few spiritual recommendations. Uh, now check this out. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Ah, uh, one another. 
in accord with Christ Jesus, that together, together you may with one voice glorify God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. It brings God glory when we welcome one another. Whew! So a few spiritual recommendations. One, don't allow lesser issues to become the primary mechanism for disagreement and division in the church. It's not that important. And I'm going to share something with you. It's in love. Individually, we're not that important. We're not more important than the community. Our point of view is not more important than the peace and the harmony of this church. It's just not. And when our opinions become more important than everyone else around us, something has gone terribly wrong with our hearts. So again, pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbringing. Secondly, all are welcome. <laughs> I love this. Can you believe we were part of a church like this? Doesn't that fill your heart with gratitude to know that there isn't a person you'll invite that isn't going to be loved and welcomed here? I love that. There's no dividing wall, no plaque. Let there be no division. If Jesus extends his invitation to all and as his direct representatives of, of Christ in the church, all are welcome. That means every person who lives within this corridor, y'all, we, we, we have done this. We have sent out 1,250 invitations to phase one. We're calling it phase one and phase two because there's some strategy behind this because we believe that it's a mission. We're supposed to be strategic. There's 1,250 homes within the corridor that runs from Castle to Merritt down to Hickox and around, and there's actually 400 new homes that are going in. That's roughly five to 6,000 people who Jesus loves. Wow, how cool is that? Literally our immediate neighbors. We're called to love our neighbors. 1,250 homes have received an invitation that says, hey, you're welcome to join us for a movie. You're welcome to join us for a party. And maybe just maybe we build a relationship and we have the privilege of sharing the love of Jesus with them. And then in June, we're going to, which is like tomorrow or day after that, uh, June is already here. Is that crazy? Anyway, stay focused. So there's 4,900 homes within that corridor who are going to be invited to this big giant party on July 3rd called You Are Loved Family Event. How cool is that? And you know what? If we have the privilege and honor that somebody comes to something like that and they go, you know what? I'm going to go to church on Sunday. That means any person who lives within that corridor or beyond on earth, any person who receives an invitation decides to come, are they going to be welcomed here? Are they going to be loved here? Isn't that wonderful? We get to do that. All are welcome here. And then finally, you are invited. Where are you at in your spiritual life right now? Is, is this your description, like weary, heavy laden? H have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Like truly? Do you want to invite Jesus into your life? Do you want to receive this invitation? He's telling you to come to him. If you're weary and heavy laden, he'll give you rest. Do you have rest in your soul right now? It's his gift. You're invited. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. What an incredible time together. 
Lord, it brought you glory that we are together, that with one voice, with one heart, we sang and we prayed and we had communion and we studied your word. It is worship. We are welcoming and loving towards others and to each other. It's worship. We serve one another as worship. We give of our resources as worship. We give of our lives as worship. And for you, and maybe this is, this is the beginning of your spiritual life where today you're going to receive the invitation. You want to, you want to accept Jesus' invitation. That right now you are weary and heavy laden and you need rest for your souls and you, you've just never invited Jesus into your life. This is the beginning, the greatest journey. This is the beginning of the spiritual life. And so, Lord Jesus, thank you for whatever it takes to bring us to this place. If you desire to invite Jesus into your life to receive his invitation in the quietness of your heart, tell him, Lord Jesus, I believe. I believe that you died for me. I believe you were buried, and I believe you've risen. Lord, there's so much I don't know about you, but I know I need you. Please come into my life. I invite you in as you have invited me. I ask for forgiveness for my sins and cleansing. I want a new life. If that is truly your heart's prayer, the Bible declares you've just passed from spiritual death to life. You are now a son or daughter of the living God. You are filled. You are cleansed. God is at peace with you, and you are at peace with God. Welcome to the family. We rejoice, and we rejoice in our common salvation. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. If that is you, welcome to the family today. Let's stand together. And family, if you have given your life to Jesus, you've invited him in, please share with another believer. We want to encourage you in your spiritual life. We really do. Uh, next steps, baptism. Oh, man. Baptism's awesome. All right, family, let's go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, and share the gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit, and may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all till we meet again, same time, same place next week. And do not forget, family, you are loved. Now, let's carry you are loved out to the rest of the world. We got some more invitations on tables. Hand them out this week, and we will see you Friday night for Avengers! <laughs>